Today on this episode on the Goof Duck Podcast, Remy and Joey are going to bring on an IT who used to work for Universal and for Transformers Nest Crew. This guest is a theme park junkie, we welcome Matthew Miller to the program. So stick around grab a drink, you're listening to this episode right here on Spotify. Welcome to the Goof Duck Podcast, this podcast is for everybody who would like to know what is going on with the theme parks in the Central Florida area. This podcast covers, current events, theme park news, theme park history and for a bonus we do some theme park trivia. We bring on guests who used to work for the theme parks and other guests outside of the theme park industry such as, local comedians, and musicians. We are Goof Duck, it is what it is. Goof Duck is sponsored by, The Crooked Can Brewing Company in Winter Garden, Florida where they make local craft beers every single month. And now ladies and gentlemen make sure we all have a drink in our hands because you are now listening to the Goof Duck Podcast with your hosts, Remy, Joey, and JD. Enjoy. Welcome everybody, it's the start of the Goof Duck Podcast right here on Spotify. This one is for a Friday, Friday, May 1st in the year 2020. Good morning everybody. Uh, today on the program we're going to do your birthday game. We're going to take you to beer school. We're going to do some Disney history, some uh, this day in history, and finally we're going to do some f- the fun fact of today. So it's a little something I pulled up. Uh, we want to get know. We want to know more about history. We want to learn uh, about. Hey, this is a good topic to talk about. Uh, so with that being said, oh, and also on the program today, guys, we are going to be inviting our good friend, Mr. Matthew Miller, to the program. He worked for Universal. We're going to talk to him about his career, uh, what he's up to right now, uh, and from that point on, we'll we'll see how it rolls. Oh, and by the way, we're going to do some theme park trivia with him. To see how well he knows his theme park knowledge. So with that being said, guys, my name is Remy. I'm the host of the Goof Duck Podcast. And my partner in crime is the Draymond Zant. Hey, guys. It's going to be a good show today. It's going to be an awesome show, dude. So, dude, are you ready for this? Let's get started. It's time to play your favorite game, my favorite game. Let's play the birthday game. Here we go. Happy, happy birthday. Happy, happy birthday to... Uh, from the show Impractical Jokers, Mr. James Murray. Uh, you know, I'm going to say he's got to be at least somewhere close to my age. Put him right at 38. He is 43 years old today. Oh, well, i got about a half a decade on him. Right. Hey, man. Happy, happy birthday! Happy, happy birthday to Jamie Dornan. He was uh, Christian Grey and Fifty Shades of Grey. Thirty-seven years old. Okay. He is my age. Cool. Happy birthday! How about country singer Tim McGraw? Um, nice round number. Let's put Timmy at fifty. Fifty-two years old today. Yeah. And final and finally. Happy birthday! Happy happy birthday to Jarrell Decker. You may know him as J Dog from Hollywood Undead. Oh, uh, 
35. Dude, you were close. You were close, man. You were so close on these birthdays today. I'm, I'm actually impressed. I'm doing, you know, doing my homework. I'm ready. All right, so here we go. It is time for our, the best segment of all. It is time for Joey and myself to take you to beer school. Are you ready, sir? Let's go to beer school. What are we drinking today? Today, sir, I'm taking you to a, to a trip. To my, okay. to my heritage, my ancestors, we're going, we're going to Italy. Okay. So when I say the word, when I, when I mentioned Italy, what kind of beer do you think I'm talking about? Um, it's, are you going to do like a Peroni or a Peroni? Peroni is absolutely right. We're going to talk about Peroni. Oh, and fun fact, my dad uh, had a gig at the Grand Florian Resort. Uh, my dad actually met the owners of the Peroni company. Wow. Yeah. That's right. So he'll, he's okay. going to tell he's going to tell us that story uh, when he's on our podcast. So we're going to talk to him about that. So yes, guys, today for beer school, we are going to be drinking some Peroni. Peroni. It is a pale lager. Uh, it comes from is it comes from Italy, and the availability is year round. Now I'm going to do some history on it. So the Peroni, the Peroni company was established in the town of Vigara, uh, Vigivano, Italy, in, 18, in 1846. The company was moved to Rome by Giovanni Peroni. That's how they got the name Peroni in, 18, in 1864. Peroni is the best-selling beer in Italy. Peroni was bought, Peroni was bought from Sab Miller by the Japanese brewing giant Ashashi in February 2016. So that's your that was your history about Peroni. Uh, it's made from barley malt, maize, hop pellets, and hop extract. The alcohol the alcohol proof is is 5.1%. So it's not that it's not that hoppy, but it's a good it's a good clear beer that everybody can drink on a nice glorious sunny day here in Florida. So here's something good to keep in mind, keeping with local sponsors. Uh, Peroni is carried at ABC, ABC Fine Wine and Spirits. Remember, ABC always be celebrating. That's right. Uh, and it was brewed. It was brewed on 18 in the year 1846 for Peroni. Uh, today is National Food Day, so we're gonna go and do your National Food Day. Uh, today is National Chocolate Parfait Day. National what? Chocolate Parfait Day. What's the difference between, wait, so it's just a parfait of only chocolates? Yep, chocolate parfait. So, chocolate pudding, yeah. chocolate ice cream, chocolate uh, icing, chocolate uh, uh, syrup, Hershey Kisses. I don't know, you, that's, what a parf, that's what a parfait is, man. Interesting. I mean, what? I, mean, I just said, you know, I mean, I, I can... It would make sense to assume that there's. Yeah, I get it. Okay, that's fair. Plus, I, I plus I have a little clip that I want to play. Uh, due to parfait, is from my favorite movie Shrek. Let's see if I can pull. Let's see if I can pull it up right here, real quick. I'm just gonna go on YouTube, and pull on the uh, the Shrek scene from this movie because there's a scene in the movie where Donkey explains parfait, and I'm like, you know what? This might be a this will be this will be appropriate for uh, this little sound clip. So bear with me for one second, guys. Let me go ahead and uh, pull it up. 
Uh, should be loading just a few seconds. Oh, here we go. And let's go ahead and put down Donkey, Shrek, uh, Parfait. Parfait. And that should pull right up. Ah, so, with that being said, guys, uh, it's going to take a couple of minutes, but let's go ahead and do some of your Disney history. It's time to do some Disney history. I'll play that scene in just a few minutes once it loads up. So, this day, this day in Disney history, in 1954, the Anaheim Bulletin reports that Disney has purchased land in Anaheim, California for an amusement park. If you guys want to take a guess, oh, it's Disneyland! So, during that day, during that year... Uh, Walt Disney decided, hey, you know what? I'm gonna go ahead and buy some land and build me a theme park till this uh, till this day. In 1972, the railroad station in Frontierland at the Magic Kingdom at the Walt Disney World Resort in Florida was open to the public. One more time. In 1972, the railroad station in Frontierland at the Magic uh -huh. Kingdom at the Walt Disney World at the Walt Disney World Resort in Florida was open to the public. Okay. In 1989. Now Joey, this is where I want to play that little scene for you, man. I want you to take a I want you to take a guess. I want you to take a guess where this is from. What? I don't hear anything. It's loading, sir. It's buffering. Magic Kingdom. Then the incredible Epcot Center. Yes, and airspace, brother. You might want to do something else. MGM Studios theme park. Hello. The MGM Studios theme park at Walt Disney World in Florida. That's right, guys. So that. So guys, that little clip you just heard, uh, in 1989, Disney's MGM Studios opens to the public. Now, Joey, I have a Joey, I have a question to ask you, man. Uh, it's quite quite uh, quite simple. Uh, but sir, can you tell me, during that year, uh, in 1989, can you tell me how much uh, tickets were back then? So for adults, it, it was thirty dollars for a ticket. Thirty bucks. Thirty dollars. Wow. Thirty dollars for a ticket. So for hundred and thirty bucks now. And want to take a guess how much for a child ticket was? Um, um would that be your twenty dollar ticket, maybe? It'll be twenty-five dollars. All right. So during that, yeah, so during that time, it was only thirty dollars and twenty-five for a child. Man, that was that's awesome. I was like, okay. All right. Uh, and you gotta remember, dude. It was only only maybe 15 years ago that um, Universal Studios. If you were a Florida resident, it was 99 dollars. Yeah. You brought a can of Coca Cola. It was buy a year, get a year free. It was literally 50 bucks a year for an annual pass at Universal 15 years ago. So it's really I mean, it's crazy. 
Yeah, dude. Ticket prices are just have skyrocketed over the past decade. Yeah, they have. Uh, in 2001, one of my favorite movies was released to DVD, and that was the Disney's Emperor's New Groove was released uh, was released to DVD. Uh, and also in 2001, Disney's Animal Kingdom attraction Dinosaur was open to the public. The one in Animal Kingdom, yes, sir. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just know that it's funny because I, I always remember that that's the one that's got, uh, what's your name, Felicia Rashad mm -hmm. doing the uh, Yeah, she, that's so funny, dude. <laughs> and, and also, and, uh, in 2009, Disney's Hollywood Studios celebrates its 20th anniversary. And to the okay. in 2009, the Kidani Village at Animal Kingdom Lodge has opened to the public. And final and finally, in 2015, Age of Ultron was open to the public in theaters. Age of Ultron, ah, oh, what a great film! That was I liked it. Cause I, I like it. I like in the I like it. I like in the movie where he goes, "I've got no strings." Well, just the fact that they told uh, James Spader, um, don't change your voice. Just, just literally, don't change your voice. That was the first thing he told him. They're like, don't, don't, don't do anything to alter the way you sound. Just speak in your natural speaking voice. You're exactly what we want for Ultron. Oh wow! All right, dude. So it's time for history. It's time for a history lesson. This day in history. In 1863, the Confederate national flag replaces stars and bars. In, 18, oh. in 1873, the first U.S. postal card was issued. Okay. In 1912, Beverly Hills Hotel opens. In 1920, the, leg the legendary slugger Babe Ruth smashes his 50th MLB career home run hits. Home run hits for first for the New York Yankees and 6-0 win over the Boston Red Sox. In, 1930, in 1931, the Empire State Building opens in New York City. So, Joey, I got a question, man. Uh, what, ha what do you think happened in 1939? Uh, stock market crashed around 30. Right? Yes, yeah, so the, yeah, so the stock market did crash in 1933, but what happened on... World War II, right? Yes, but what exactly happened on this day, this day on May 1st, 1939? May 1st, 1939. A certain, a certain character appeared in the comic books. A certain... Oh, shoot! Um, uh, 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 was it Detective Comics 27? Was it the first appearance of Batman? Yeah. Oh my gosh, dude, you got it on the money! That is absolutely correct. Batman first appearance. Holy crap! The Batman first appearance in Detective Comics issue number twenty-seven made his first appearance. AK, if you guys don't know what Detective Comics is, is it is known as DC Comics. Um, the uh, the the guy who gave me my first job when I was uh, in uh, junior high school. Uh, I, I worked at a comic book store for about eight years. And, um, eight, no, six years, six years, I can't remember, it was, it was, but, um, he, um, to this day still owns a chain of comic books in Pennsylvania, and he just told me he bought a collection from somebody, 
and uh, he now owns uh, a, a Detective Comics 27 that's worth over $150,000. No way. I thought, man, I thought it'd be worth more than that. There's no way it could be worth up that well, much. You gotta remember, comic books depend on what they're graded. They can be graded anything from a .5 all the way up to a 10. Right. So, you know what I mean? There's a huge difference there. I've got comics, you know, I've got the first appearance of Punisher graded at like a 3.5, but I also have the first appearance of Gambit graded at a 9.8. Wow. Yeah, so, so, like, I've got some really, I'm a huge comic nerd. I've got some really good comics. I, I, I can't, I know where, I don't know where my collection is, but I will show it to you the next time we hang out. I mean, I'll, I'll bring it to the... Uh, to the Kruger Cam Brewing Company, and we, we can show each other's comics. I'm like, oh, I know that issue. I had that issue. Uh, so, so in 1952, a certain toy came out that little kids used to play with a lot. What, what kind of toy do you think came out in 1952? I give you a hint. Uh, Don Rickles did the voice of this uh, certain toy. Oh, Mr. Potato Head. Mr. Potato Head was introduced to the public in 1957. Larry King's made it made his first radio broadcast. In nineteen in nineteen eighty-eight. This is one this was my uh, he is one of my favorite basketball players. So here we go. In nineteen eighty-eight, after scoring fifty points in game one during the NBA Eastern Conference playoff series, Michael Jordan has fifty-five points. During the Chicago Bulls win versus the Cleveland Cavaliers, the final score was the final score was 106 to 101. He scored nice. he scored another 50 points in Game Two. In the right. he scored 50 points in consecutive playoff games. That That's right, dude. that That's right. he's the goat. He is a goat. He is. I mean, everybody says that LeBron James is a goat, but. In all defense, you got Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant, and then it goes directly to LeBron James because LeBron is still a youngster, you know? Yeah, give him another five years in the game and we'll see. He'll be putting up the same, you know, he is, it, it, it's, what do you call it? It's not a sprint, it's a marathon. You gotta yeah. consistently put up those numbers. Yeah, in, 19, in 1989, 135 acres. Disney's MGM Studios was officially open to the public. I've seen a lot of people posting old school videos of, like I watched a, um, a video this morning of them actually building the Tower of Terror and like building the rock and roller coaster. And with the rock and roller coaster, they built the roller coaster first and then build a building around it. So it's really cool to see some of those like old school videos to see what the rock and roller coaster looks like outside and you can actually see how it turns and bends it's really neat well i mean it makes a lot it makes a lot of sense you know uh in 1999 one of my favorite shows uh came on came on air for the very first time the anime the animated series spongebob squarepants created by steven hellenberg debuts on nickelodeon wow <laughs> Away, they did that little featurette of him in the Super Bowl last year. Yeah, and I, I, that should kind of crush me when I saw it. I was like, oh man, but. In 2000, now if I give you if I give you these two actors' names, Russell Crowe and Joaquin Phoenix, what movie am I talking about? Russell Crowe, Joaquin Phoenix would have been Gladiator. Gladiator is absolutely correct. Gladiator 
Gladiator, directed by Ridley Scott, starring Russell Crowe and Joaquin Phoenix, premiere in LA, and they won Best Picture in 2001. So guys, here's here is your fun fact of the day. Fun fact of the day. We were gonna keep it Disney, but I got something else in there that I wanna talk about as well. Uh, May 1st is also known as May Day, so it's a, a really uh, huge historic event. Uh, today today is International Workers Day, also known as May Day. It's a public holiday in all countries on account of hard work and protest by workers. Workers wanted an eight-hour work workday therefore a worldwide protest rose and many people many people were injured or killed so that's a huge huge historic moment on this day and also on this day for your fun fact of the your fact of the day in 2008 Disney's Hollywood Studios hosted about 9.6 million guests ranking it the fourth most visited amusement park in the United States and seventh most visited theme park in the world. That was a that was the first year the park was known as Disney's Hollywood Studios. As prior to 2008, it was called Disney's MGM Studios. Guys, this has, guys, you are listening to the Goof Duck podcast. Stick around. We're gonna be bringing our guest, Mr. Matthew Miller, to the program. He's gonna talk about uh, his career with Universal Studios and what is he doing now during the pandemic. Uh, so you're listening to the Goof Duck Podcast right here on Spotify. Stick around. Welcome back, everybody. You guys are in for a real treat. Uh, we brought on a very special guest of mine, uh, Joey. Yeah, dude, this guy, him and I go way back. So we met uh, at a local church here in Florida. And then all of a sudden, him and I, we started playing poker with each other, man. And he would kick my butt every single time. We had a, we had this poker group called Rocket Pocket Pocket Rockets. Now try to say that like three times fast. I, I don't even need to say it once. I trust you. Rocket pocket, rocket pocket. See, I, I can still say it, man. I mean, it's it's awesome. But man, this guy right here, he kicked my butt. He had a full house. I almost had I almost had quads. I was betting nonstop. I was like, call, call, call. And all of a sudden, he goes, I'm all in. I'm like, all right, fine. I'm all in. All of a sudden, I'll go, what do you have? He's like, I got a full house. What do you have? Uh, I got two pair. And all of a sudden, I'm like, ah, I cried. <laughs> so, so guys, welcome to the program, our good friend of ours. Uh, you guys may, may have seen his work inside the theme parks. Uh, please welcome our guest, Mr. Matthew Miller. Matthew, how you doing, man? Hello. Welcome, guys. Thanks for having me today. Oh, thanks for being on the show, man. I, we have a million questions and only enough time for about eight, so I need to make this good. Um, uh, we are, now that you met Remy, tell us... What it is you do? What what is your your gig? I, I'm excited to hear about this. 
Sure. Uh, so I do work in the theme park industry, and um, I actually spent some time working for both uh, contract-wise and then full-time for some Disney work, and then mainly at Universal. I spent eight years there, and then um, almost a year ago, I left Universal, and now I'm the director of operations at a company called Orlando Informer, uh, which I am just absolutely loving. It's a it's a great place. Uh, some of your followers might be have heard about it, so if you hadn't checked us out, OrlandoInformer.com. We'd love to see you there. Well, dude, Taylor's uh, my yeah. No, I'm all about it. Taylor's <laughs> like, really, dude, he's so cool. I've run up in the parts on a couple occasions. He's a really cool guy. Yeah, he's, he's, he's great to work with, and you know, we've, we've got a team of uh, several individuals that are spread out, not only in Central Florida, but actually across the nation in a couple of different states. And um, in my role, I help oversee several things. Uh, one is our development teams, so we're doing work like mobile apps, websites, things like that. Um, so on our operation side, sometimes we have the need for uh, to, to hire a lot of people, like contract roles or part-time, to come in and, and help us operate. Um, like a special event that we call an Orlando Forum Meetup. Uh, but then outside of that, you know, just daily to day operations in the park, uh, or excuse me, not the parks, but daily operations there in, uh, in Orlando Forum, working with Taylor and the team. Uh, it's quite wonderful. Nice. So, um, your side of it is you're the you're, you're a tech guy. Is that is that about right? So I came from a tech background. Uh, in my new role, I uh, it's it's more business focused. A lot of tech work, but more business growth, uh, team growth. But yeah, I definitely have a tech background. And when I was working uh, for Universal, uh, it was eight years of nothing but technology development. Interesting. Like you. So uh, you're, you're Florida-based, correct? I am. Yeah, I grew up in the Panhandle. Uh, I'm from a, a little town called Weirahitchka. It's a real place, and they got about a 1,000 people in the town. And um, I just grew up always wanting to, ever since I was real young, I just wanted to have a, a career in the theme park industry. So I, I, I moved to Orlando in 2009. That's when I met Remy. Uh, and I was going to school at UCF. And the whole reason I went to school at UCF is I thought that if I moved to Orlando, I'd have a better chance of getting a job in the theme parks. Of course. And, uh, been, been here since. Excellent. Uh, Remy, you have a question for our guest? Yeah, so let's let's get the facts straight, man. You and I, we we met up at Universal uh, a couple of times. We got we got some buddies of ours who work out there. And when Transformers opened, you show me this little white box. It was called a it's like a Wi-Fi hotspot box. Can you tell us? Can you explain to us exactly <laughs> why would you guys put why would you guys put Wi-Fi in an attraction? Sure. I remember that day because I remember we were walking down the attraction and Ruby was pointing at things on the side of the building trying to guess if I knew what they were. And uh, half of them were like real things like the AC unit or something for the ride and the other half were just there for show to make it look like, uh, to make it look like, you know, the Nest headquarters. Um, but yeah, no, that's a good point, Ruby. So uh, I was on the project team for, uh, for Transformers and that was an attraction that, uh, you know, it's amazing. Universal actually tore down the soundstage and rebuilt that ride in like 10 months, uh, which I don't know if there's a world record for how fast an attraction is built, but if there is, I feel like it should belong to Universal, because uh, that, that, that was just incredible. Um, and my, I was the IT project manager uh, working on that attraction, so um, I had a chance to work both inside and outside with a lot of the um, art directors and show set guys, because my job was to help uh, cover the attraction Wi-Fi. So on the outside, the part Remy's talking about, uh, this is for more of a business need, right? Like uh, the entertainment team sometimes needs Wi-Fi for the parade. Uh, if they're doing special things around the building, they need Wi-Fi. Uh, credit card transactions, guests, right? If you want to be in the park and you want to do FaceTime, that's important. 
And then on the inside of the ride, it's a little bit different because it's it's really not yes facing and it's more attraction focused. So we would work a lot with like the maintenance guys uh, putting Wi-Fi along the ride track so that um, the maintenance teams can go through and they can test the special effects and the ride vehicles and things like that overnight while they're prepping to open for the next day. Excellent, man. Very cool. So I will say some. The one thing that always gets me about Universal is I appreciate how eager they are to flip and change rides to keep things relevant. Like if you look at the Magic Kingdom, half of the things that were there in 1971 are still there to this day. Yeah. Whereas Universal Studios, the only thing that's still there is E.T. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. I said just a couple of things, yeah. Um, let me see. So at that, how, if I may, how old are you? Uh, so I am 31. I'll be 32 this fall. Nice. So, um, so you've been here long enough. Do you remember attractions like the Flintstones meets the Jetsons? Oh yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. I, would I, would love, I love asking people like, do you remember the Alfred Hitchcock presents? Do you remember confrontation? Yeah. I remember all of the original. I'll tell you, the only things that I don't remember. Sometimes I'll see photos. I don't remember uh, some of the stage shows. Like they would have like temporary stage shows. I mm -hmm. don't remember that. I don't remember, I think it was called Swamp Thing. It was the set that was located where Men in Black is now. I guess just because I never looked that way, like I don't remember that. And I don't remember the Psycho House being where kid, like behind kids zone. I've seen, so those are like three things that I've seen photos of. And I'm sure, you know, I was there and you know, I was probably two, three years old in a stroller or something, right? But uh, just in, in my my bank of memories, those are things I don't remember. But yeah, Jaws, King Kong, Bat in the Future, all of those, uh, you know, incredible attractions. Very cool, man. Um, and then uh, your time at Disney that was spent. What did you do at Disney? Yeah, so actually, um, at the same church that I met Remy at, um, which by the way, we, like you said, we love playing poker. We actually never played for any money. We have this belt that we, I should have brought the belt. You should have brought the belt, man. You should have brought the belt. <laughs> but, uh, so since we don't play for money, we play for, uh, for this belt. And there was another guy that was playing with us. He was like, hey, you don't ever shut up about this theme park stuff. You know, because back then, you know, I was asking everybody, like, how do I get a job? You know, how do I make this happen? And he said, you want to talk to my dad? And his dad was running a, um, an outside engineering firm that was doing work for Disney Universal. A matter of fact, at that time, he was actually working on the special effects for the Wizarding World of Harry Potter in Hogsmeade, Whoa. the very first one before it opened, uh, which is so cool because I didn't know that. Like, I didn't know, you know, I, I knew it had been announced, but I didn't know about the parts then. Uh, but anyways, some of that stuff he was working on, and he had a contract to help with the grand opening of the Disney Dream Cruise ship. Um, so, and the cruise line, they got different ship. The Disney Dream is one of them. And um, basically, they did this big show where a helicopter flew a giant bottle of champagne and like ran it into the side of the cruise ship. And then they did a stage show where it made Mickey Mouse look like he was like on a stage in water and he was on a stage, you know, next to Bob Iger and, you know, that sort of thing. So we developed uh, some of the special effects to help with the opening of that, uh, I should say the christening of that cruise ship. And that was really cool. So I, I didn't actually uh, work, you know, like I wasn't on Disney payroll, but I, we were contracted by Disney. And it was my first time, you know, like getting to hear from like uh, Disney Entertainment, Disney Imagineers, you know, like the way that they work, because I had never worked on a theme park project before. And, you know, that, that was really my first, you know, sort of look into how that world actually operates. Okay. All right, guys, um, we do need to take a commercial break. 
So we will be right back after a word from our sponsors here on the Goof Duck Podcast. Stick around, guys. We'll be right back. guys thank you so much for sticking around with us today on this lovely friday afternoon uh you are listening to the goof duck podcast uh joey man th- this guy he's a freaking genius he's a genius when I'm it comes down, to I'm it down, i'm down i'm down to have a beer with this guy and talk shop this is fun oh yeah i don't know about genius now but <laughs> the park, so i think that's the that's cool. uh, if, uh, if we need over at um we got crooked can sponsors part of our show uh, you want to go have a beer with us someday whenever the uh, pandemic is there gone? You know, I'll, come, I'll come hang out with you guys. I got to tell you, though, I actually, I actually don't drink alcohol, but I'll come and get a Coke with you. That? Sounds that's good. Awesome. That, oh yeah, that the pizza good. there is good. The macaroni, the macaroni and cheese is good. The donuts are good. Everything about the, everything about the Crooked Can Brewing Company is good, and they're home sweet home to the Goof Duck Podcast. I mean, we, we can't we we just have to say thank you to Carl and the crew out there in Winter Garden, Florida. Uh, if you guys are ordering any crawlers, do it online, and they will bring it right out to your vehicle for you guys. So that's that's you know, we got we got to support our small businesses. So Matt, I got a question, man. During this uh, pandemic, when you heard the news that Disney and Universal were furloughed their uh, employees, I- I'm I'm pretty sure it hit you really hard, man. It did, um, and honestly, it, it hit me for a couple of reasons. One is, um, you know, I just came from that world, so you know, I was I was just working at Universal, like I said, about ten months ago. Um, so the first thing I did is I started picking up the phone and calling my buddies that weren't there. And I'm like, hey, are you guys okay? You know, do you have a job? And, um, you know, I can't speak too much to the Disney process just because, I, you know, I wasn't a full-time staffer there. I don't know exactly how they handled it. But I think that Universal has a lot to be proud of in terms of, you know, they, they didn't furlough people immediately. They, they continued to pay them their, like, their, their rate. And then they deducted the pay a little bit, but they still got paid. And they said, okay, you know, we're going to furlough you, but like in another two or three weeks, so you're still going to get paid. And I, I just feel like um, the way that Universal handled it was, was really, really good. And while it's a very difficult time and, you know, it, it stinks to, to lose your job or to lose your pay, um, I, I just felt that Universal handled it really well. Um, now, again, I don't know specifics about Disney. They, they very well could have, uh, you know, done some of the same things or similar things. Um, but just talking just like one-on-one with some of my previous co-workers at Universal, uh, they were really happy with how it was handled. You know, it's a tough situation, but they were happy. It is. It what's, your, uh, what's your take on, you know, these movie theaters now, like Regal and AMC? They're not showing any more Universal movies inside the theaters. Yeah, I, you know, I, I just have to wonder, is that really the case? Is it more of, you know, hey, we're going to say this and then, you know, we're going to get behind closed doors and start talking money and revenue hit it and, you know, we may change our mind? You had a similar idea that I did. I said, well, where, where I came off of this is I said, right now, everybody is violently angry and they're quarantined. Nobody's happy. 
all it took was one dude from Universal to be like, you know what, people want to see this movie, we're going to put it out there to direct, and like the CEO of AMC is like, we'll show you, we're not going to play your movies anymore, <laughs> just literally get, get this quarantine like three months to pass, and everybody's normal again, and I'll be like, hey, we're sorry, okay, sorry, kind of. But it's kind of stupid that they're boycotting, you know, Universal because because of one movie. It was uh, Trolls World Tour. It had over a hundred million dollars of rentals just by that just by that movie. So that's why they're they're boycotting these theaters. Like, oh, you know what? Yeah, forget you guys. We're not going to show any more of Universal movies. But so what happens if uh, what's going to happen when the new Fast and the Furious movie comes out? You know, we we don't know how they're going to. Buy it on demand because I yeah. love the Yeah. Alright, so, dude, it is time for some trivia. Are you up for it? Sure. Alright, dude, so here we go. I got some questions for you. Here we go, sir. Question number one. On which of, which of the following islands is Universal Studios Singapore located? Is it Singapore Island, Jurong Island? Palu to Kong Island or Sentosa Island? Yeah, I was hoping that you were going to say like Raimi Island. Hey, my island. own island, alright. Yeah, I, I think I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to go with the last one then. Uh, Sentosa. Sentosa. Oh, that that's my final answer. Sentosa, Sentosa Island is absolutely, per, is absolutely correct. Sentosa Island is a popular destination for tourists because of its nature and wildlife parks, shows, shopping, restaurants, hotels, and lots, lots more. Universal Studios Singapore opened in March of what year? Oh, um, oh, this is a tough one. So I know Universal Japan opened in 2001. Singapore opened in... I'm gonna guess 2011. You're close. You're absolutely close, man. It's 2010. They opened up in 2010. Uh, how many so, islands? <clears throat> so they're in. So in the states, there's Universal Orlando, right, made up of the multiple parks, and then in Hollywood, the single park, and then you've got Universal Studios Japan, which is open. That's in Osaka, and then you have Universal Studios Beijing. Which is being built in Beijing, and it will open in 2001. Um, all four of those resorts are owned by Comcast, um, so that's like the Universal family. But then, sort of out to the side, is Universal Studios Singapore, which is still a Universal Park. Like, you, if you went there, you wouldn't be able to tell a difference. But it's um, it's like a licensed franchise deal. So, um, it, it, you know, it's part of the family, but like, kind of like a cousin, if you will. That type of thing. That's cool. Yeah. They, they try to do that in. Um... 2010. I got my notes. I got my notes right here. 2010. All right, because I feel I feel pretty confident about 2011. Remy, you didn't Wikipedia this again, did you? No, sir. I got my I got my notes. I'm the whole giant. I'm not saying I don't believe you. I'm just saying I might not. We might need a third party investigator. But I 
No, sir. It says right here, right here in my notes. 2010. Uh, which of the following? Which of the following movies was never made into a haunted house during Halloween Horror Nights? Was it A. My Bloody Valentine, B. The Thing, C. People Under the Stairs, or last, or lastly, Final Destination? I, this is a good one. Um, like I went through the thing house, so I know that that one was there. I'm, I, I think I'm gonna go with Final Destination. Final Destination. Final Destination is absolutely correct. That should be. Okay. The irony of that is they died at a, at a theme park, and yet they can open the house in a theme park. So it's, it's, it's funny. All right, Matt. Here's a here's a good one. So. So you guys know that I used to work over at uh, the Jimmy Neutron uh, experience, the Jimmy Neutron ride, Nick Tunes, Nick Tunes Blast. I used to work at that attraction. So okay, so hold up, hold up. Yeah. Universal Studios Singapore opened May twenty eighth of two thousand eleven. Whoa. Whoa. Okay, so he had it around the money. <laughs> I'm gonna smash that computer over your GD head. Every time we do this trip, you're like, whoa, I found this online. If you go to Google and type it in, it's there. Holy jeez, Ramon. Alright, okay, okay. He got it, he got on the money, he got it right. Here we go. So I worked at Jimmy Neutron, Nicktoon Blast. That's not a question. Hey, I, I'm, I'm getting to it. I'm getting to it, sir. Okay, so I'm at the entry. So I'm at the entry gate. Two attractions. Two attractions are to my right and to my left. I choose to go to the place on my right hand side. What attraction is on the right hand side when you enter the gate at Universal Studios? Okay, so you're you're saying I I walk into the front gate of Universal. Yep. And I choose to go to the right in the opposite direction of Jimmy Fallon. No, not I'm sorry, not Jimmy Fallon. In the opposite of Nick of Jimmy Neutron. I had my own Jimmy's there. Of, uh, of uh, Jimmy Neutron Black. So I'm going down in the Hollywood section. Is that right? Yes, that's, that's absolutely correct. Yeah. Okay. What is the first attraction? Well, um, let's see. Attraction will be right. So the first one would have been the Terminator attraction. Not that way. Not that way. You're going. You're going. You're going backwards. You're going backwards. So let's say, for example, you're going. You're going into the. As soon as you walk in, you're going straight. You're going towards Minions. There's another attraction that's right near Minions. What is, what's the name of that attraction? The one that's across from it. Yep. Oh, so that that was that's the Shrek attraction. Shrek 4D. Shrek 4D is absolutely correct. It's so bad. <laughs> it is, but I like it. I mean, it's, it's indoors. Who can say no to indoors? No, 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 no. Okay, so and Back to the Future, which gas station sign does the DeLorean crash into? Do I get do I get any guess hints on this one? I think I know what it is, but I just, I'm just wondering: is this like an A, B, C, or D? No, or no, no. This, this, is, this, uh, this is just a straight up question, and I will give you a hint. This gas station takes place in Texas. Yeah, so um, I think I'm gonna have to go with Texas. 
Tessico, Tessico is absolutely correct. So when you're on the so when you're on the ride, it says it says here, and I quote, "This is the first big jolt we feel during the amazing simulation ride." Okay. What was the first? What was the first year? What was the first year that Universal Studios Florida held a Halloween event? So what year did Fright Night open? What year? Well, I gotta tell you, I so this this is something that I, I used to not know, but I think I can figure it out. So I know that this is the thirtieth year of Halloween Horror Nights. And I know that like the first, I think, three years were Fright Nights. <clears throat> mm -hmm. So I'm gonna have to go with, you know, thirty years ago would have been nineteen ninety. 1991. That was the first Wait. Fright Night. Uh, uh oh, uh oh. We're not. Alright, we got, guys, we got, we got a judge on our, we got a judge on our side. You know what? You know what? Oh, that judge, that right. that they pulled his head out of his ass and went on Google. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Though? That could be right. Only because if you're counting years, yeah. it would be like 91 would be one. Yes. So I, I guess technically, you know, 20 to 1990 would be 31. Right. So. Years. 90, 91, 91. So 91 was the fright. 91 was the fright night. That's when the, it, that's when it, it opened. All right. So let me go pull my other. That's funny. So from, 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 from the Horror Series. Huh. I don't know something new today. All right. Question six. What are what are All the right. names? What are the names of the two parks in Universal Studios Florida? So we have no. So we oh, have. Oh, so, so we have another. So we have another park, and it involves the Hulk. What is the theme park for that? What's the theme park of that name? What's the name of that theme park that has the Hulk? It's uh, Universal's Islands of Adventure. Islands of Adventure is absolutely nice. correct. <laughs> I've spent a lot of time there. Nice. Uh, yeah, so you, where's your? What's your go-to? Like, if you're, if you're going to Islands of Adventure on a day off, what's your favorite island to just hang out at? Oh, that's a good question. Um, so, okay, so I have a couple. I have a couple of favorites, and, and this is the reason why. Personally, my favorite two attractions are Spider-Man and the new Hagrid's coaster. Um, if, if I if I, I could, if I could only go to the park and ride those, those two, I'd ride those two. Um, honorable mentions go to. I actually uh, enjoyed the King Kong ride. Okay. okay. Um, uh, so, uh, that, that's an honorable mention, but those are my top two. So, if, if I'm just hanging out, some places that I like to hang out, I really like Thunder Falls Terrace in Jurassic Park. Uh, that's one of my favorite places to eat, and you can eat and watch the boats come out of River Adventure and, like, get splashed. And, yeah, yeah, so I, I think, I think that's a cool place to hang out. Um, obviously, like, almost anywhere in Hogsmeade is, is a, is a great place to sit and people watch. Um, and then I, um... I actually, you know, if, I like in Marvel Island, you can sit there next to the, sort of in Marvel Island and Toon Lagoon, you can sit by the water. There's a couple of places, like, and, you know, behind Marvel Island, it's not quiet. It's, I mean, there, there's some places, but it's more like spread out. Uh, I think Toon Lagoon's cool, because you can go, like, behind me, ship the olive, and, you know, like, there's a pathway back there, so... I like those spots. All right, here's my here's yeah, my cool. here's my question. Yeah, in Marvel Superhero Island, there's a street. Yeah, behind. Sit next to that. That's very cool. 
So here's my so here's my question, dude. I know I asked I asked these uh, on our guests on our show. I asked him this question because I want to know what your experience was like. Uh, I want you to give me your top five rides that you want to get stuck on or evac off of. It could be from Universal. It could be, it, it could be from Disney. It could be from SeaWorld. Whatever whatever attractions in Florida. What what are your top five that you want to get stuck on and evac off of? Okay, and you said it, you said it has to be in Florida. It has to be in Florida. Okay, all right. So, um, in in the state of Florida, my favorite attraction is um, I love the Green Gods attraction. Actually, that that's my I, I just love Green Gods and Universal. Uh, but I was actually on the team that helped build that ride, so that's not one that I want to get stuck on because I've already seen it with the lights on. Um, so I'm gonna go to my oh, second attraction. Yeah. So like, if I wasn't, if I wasn't in this role, I would. That would have been my number one pick. Um, a couple of others for me that I would love to walk the track on is um, I would actually love to walk the track of the original ET attraction. Um, I just think that would be really cool. Um, I've never been in there with the lights on. Um, I would also like to walk Tower of Terror at Hollywood Studios. Um, obviously, I don't want to fall down the shaft, but the uh, the dark ride portions, I've seen some videos of it. That would be cool. Um, I would love to walk uh, the new Rise of Resistance attraction. Uh, oh, that'd be that'd be so dope. Yeah, um, I would say my fourth would be the Haunted Mansion. I would I would really like to walk um, the Haunted Mansion. And then my what would be my fifth? This is a really good question. Um, you know what I think, honestly. I think I would like to walk through the um, the Epcot vault of space. That would be cool. <laughs> that would be pretty cool. These, like I basically have, I've got to walk through almost every attraction at Universal, so that's why I'm picking Disney attractions here. Um, I, I think out of the ones that I have not been through, and that you know, if I had the opportunity, those uh, ET and then those four attractions at Disney. Now, have you ever, now have you ever that's got awesome. have you ever got stuck on a ride before? Oh yes, yes. Um, plenty of times uh, I'm trying to think but what's the I actually got stuck on a coaster out in Texas for like two hours once that's like the longest I've ever been stuck I remember Not upside down thank goodness but that was kind of bad I remember I remember one attraction I remember one attraction you and I got stuck on it was on our, it was on my day off you and I you and I got stuck on Rip Ride Rocket I remember that I, in the in the uh, the block break yep right there in there for a little bit yeah um, I you know some attract, you know, you get on attractions and they like e-stop, but normally when I'm on a ride, I, it, it gets go, like, there's been very few times where I've had to actually walk, like, evac off of a ride. Uh, maybe, maybe I just have good timing. I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> so we got, so we have a couple more, a couple more trivia questions for you, sir. And then, uh, Joey, if, if you have any more questions you want to ask our guests, go right ahead. Uh, and we'll take, and we'll just sign off from here. So here we go. Question, question number six. Which band frequently collaborated with Universal and eventually became the composer for the Halloween Horror Night event? Which band? Is that going to be Midnight Syndicate? That is absolutely correct. Midnight Syndicate is absolutely correct. Dude, I'm impressed. He knows that. <laughs> Development on some things in Halloween Horror Nights in like 2012 through 2014. 
and I worked, um, there was a couple of guys there that um, I worked with, and one of them knew Men Midnight Syndicate really well, and I gotta be honest, I hate to admit it, I, I did not know them prior to that, and I did not ever personally meet them, but I heard them talk about them a lot, so that, I was like, what was the name of that band, and so that, that's how I knew that. That is so cool, man. That's right, dude. Alright, so here's here's a good one. I mean, I used to rescue over at the mummy a lot during my uh, if I were, so Joey, uh, if you don't if you don't know what the term is, the term rescue. Rescue is a term where if your attraction is full on staff, they can replace you and put you at a, a different attraction for that day. Who needs who needs help? So I will go over I will go over to the mummy ET. I will go to kid zone help out over there every couple of shifts. Uh, it, it all depends on if our if our um, attraction was full on that day due to the labor hours. So for this question, uh, Mr. Miller, it is t it's one of my favorite attractions, Revenge of the Mummy. What color? Is the smoke during the roller coaster portion of Revenge of the Mummy? Wait, is that is that a ride at Universal? I've never heard of that one before. You never heard of Revenge of the Mummy? <laughs> I'm just kidding, man. I love that ride. I love now, that dude, ride. Look at poker face. I love it for one second. Like, <laughs> <laughs> uh, what color is this? Okay, so. So I'll give you I'll give you a hint. Here's here's a okay. quote. Here here's a quote. Death was just the beginning so that is the part where like the room catches on fire and you think you're getting off the ride and then it like the ceiling catches on fire right and you drop yep it's, okay um i'm gonna have to go with like i don't know in my mind it's like an orange's red color you got it. Orange. Orange is the orange is the color of the smoke. No, it's like purple. Are you color blind? Okay. It looked. It looked like. Um. What was I saying? Um. We gotta make sure we we gotta plug Orlando and Farmer. Yes. Before this gets along on the website right now. Uh. Where to go? I had something really. Oh, this is my favorite. Um, are you involved with the creation of the website at all, or are you strictly the business side? So I, I get to help with both sides. I, I, I get to help with both, yeah. How to create Universal Orlando at home. This <laughs> is my favorite portion of these websites now. They are showing you butterbeer cookies. Ooh. They are showing you, I mean, these are all of the things that Universal, and I'm a big fan of this, Universal's been doing this where if you're missing Universal, if you're missing the taste, the smells, the anything, they're actually leaking some of their recipes and teaching people how to make it in that same vein. What is your favorite food anywhere on Universal property? What is oh. your food? You got, you're there for the day and somebody says, hey, it's 11.30, are you hungry? And you go, oh my gosh, I would love a fill in the blank right now. I love it. So I'm, what I'm going to do is really quickly, I'm going to pretend like I'm there for each meal. So I'm showing up. I'm probably going to get a coffee from Starbucks okay. uh, or some type of drink from Starbucks. And then you got to stop for Voodoo Donuts on the way in the park. So I'd give me a Voodoo Donut. What's your favorite Voodoo? Oh, um, you know, I, I got to admit, I don't, I don't love like the crazy ones where it's like, you know, filled with different jellies and things like that. I'm, I'm more of like... What's the name? There's one that's got like caramel and bacon across the top of it. Oh, um, uh, the Texas. I know exactly what you mean. Yeah, I really like that one. Um, there's one that's got, and I'm, I apologize, I don't remember the name. 
one's got cereal on top of it. Uh, then, um, Captain Crunch I'm looking up right now. So I love those. Then I would go to the park. Um, if I was having lunch, I I actually like the uh, chicken and waffles in uh, in uh, over by Simpsons. Yes. Yes. You got me, dude. You got me hooked on. You got me hooked on that. When we went to, to the Simpsons Park. Sansfoot Boulevard. That's what I was trying to think yep. of. Yeah, I like that. Um, and then I really like the barbecue uh, chicken over at uh, Thunder Falls, as I mentioned earlier. That's right. And then if I'm going to get dinner, uh, sometimes I'll stop at City Walk. But City Walk can, you know, can get pretty busy when the, when the park empties out. You are kidding. So, um, yeah. I actually will sometimes go over to Portofino Bay, and I'll get pizza at Sal's there at the Portofino Bay Hotel. And I think it's like the best pizza on property. Uh, honestly, I don't know. The, the places in City Walk are good, but if I had, if I could only have one pizza for Universal, um, I think that Sal's has the best pizza. Excellent. Um, Joy, what, Joy, you are a fan of the bacon maple bar. Yes. And wow. The cereal is actually called. Oh yeah, there you go. That's right. That's right. It's on it. Yeah. Huh. I, haven't, I haven't been able to get them in a couple of months, so I, you know, I forgot the names. I, I got to go back and get them again. Yeah. Well, my my favorite, my go-to, the one that I get every time, because they, they do some of the donuts are, as you said, really like aggressively fancy, but they do the smaller versions. And the one that's called Diablos Rex, it's a chocolate cake donut with chocolate. Fudge. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. That's, that's my jam. Guys, oh. you're making me hungry. I have never been to Voodoo Donuts. Okay, I have never been there. Wait though, wait though, I gotta. You gotta plug it though. If you're gonna talk food, you gotta talk drinks. My favorite two drinks: hot butter beer and the uh, what is it? It's like um, uh, fizzy lemonade. What is it? The otter's fizzy. Is that uh, yeah? Otter's fizzy orange juice. Yes. Oh, um, that's the one. That's where they put the orange. They put cinnamon around the rim of the of the cup. So oh, good. Yeah, so yeah, good. <laughs> um. All right then. Before we take off for the day, because it is definitely lunchtime. Yes. Um. Where can, where can our people find you? Where can they see you on social media and see how cool your life is and all this amazing stuff you do? Sure. Um, so probably the best way to find me for fun is uh, on Twitter. And my uh, my, hashtag, or my hashtag, my username is Weewon Miller. Uh, that's because <laughs> okay. that's, that's where I'm from and my last name. So W-E-W-A and then Miller. Um, so you can follow me there. I would also say, though, if you have anyone that is following your podcast and they're interested, they're like, hey, this is really cool. I want to work in the theme park industry. Please, please, please feel free to, you know, you can direct message me on Twitter. You can find me on LinkedIn. Um, I love trying to help, like, college kids and people new in their career try to get into the theme park industry uh, just because that's something I'm real passionate about. We're going to we'll put a link to that in this podcast. So the people that listen to this that are interested can literally click on it. It'll whip right to your page. Thank you so much. Oh, yeah, yeah. And any questions you got, please feel free to reach out. Like I said, I've got – I normally have about 10 or so college kids that I talk to at any given time just helping them. You know, I don't know all of it, but I'd be happy to help you the best I can uh, any way that I can. You're a good dude. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. Yeah, man. This, dude, this has been one hell of a podcast. I cannot thank my best friend, my guy who I, say, who I hang out with from time to time, Matthew Miller. Thank you so much for being on the show today, man. Hey, guys. It's been a blast. Thanks for having me, and uh, maybe we'll do it again sometime in the near future. Oh, we de- we definitely will. It's going to be a blast.
like it. Thank so, you guys. Stay safe out there. So, guys, from all of us, from all of us here at the Goof Dog Podcast, my name has been Remy, and my partner of crime is the Dramazant. We'll see you next time, kids. You guys have a great day. Enjoy your Friday. Have a good one. We'll see you soon.